Counter 10, Chapter 77 Shelva and the Sauba Fortress finished. Sri Shuka said, After touching water, fastening his armor, and picking up his bow, he, Prajumna, said to his charioteer, Take me to the warrior Dioman. Dioman, in his absence, had decimated his troops, but now the son of Rukmini, with a smile counter-attacking, struck back with eight Naracha arrows made of iron. With four of them he struck the four horses, with one the driver, with two the bow and flag, and with one his head. Gada, Sachaki, Samba and others killed the army of the master of Sauba. All occupants of Sauba fell into the ocean with their throats cut. For twenty-seven days and nights the tumultuous and fearsome fight between the Yadus and the followers of Shalva striking one another, this continued. Krishna, who was called away by Yudhishthira, the son of Dharma, stayed in Indraprastha and noticed there, after the Rajasuya was completed and Shishupala had been killed, very bad omens. He took leave of the Kuru elders, the sages and Prita and her sons, and headed for Dvaraka. He said to himself, with me coming to this place accompanied by my honorable elder brother, the kings siding with Shishupala very well may be attacking my city. When he saw King Shalva's Sauba and the destruction going on of all that belonged to him, Keshava arranged for the protection of the city and said to Daruka, Bring me my chariot, O driver, and quickly take me near Shalva, and take care not to be outsmarted by this lord of Sauba. He is a great magician. With that command, taking the reins, Daruka drove the chariot forward, so that, with him arriving there, all of his own men and the soldiers of the opposing party could see the emblem of Garuna, the younger brother of Aruna. Shalva, who as the chief of a practically completely destroyed army saw Lord Krishna on the battlefield, hurled his spear that made a scary sound at Krishna's charioteer. In its flight, illumining all directions like it was a great meteor, it was by Krishna mid-air swiftly cut into a hundred pieces. Like being the sun with its rays in the sky, he pierced him with six arrows and struck the Sauba fortress that was moving about with torrents of them. But when Shalva struck Shauri's left arm, the arm with his bow, most amazingly the Sharanga fell from the hand of Sharanga Danva. From all the living beings witnessing it, a great cry of dismay arose. The Lord of Sauba roared loudly and said this to Janardana. Because you, O fool, straight in front of our eyes, stole away the bride of our brother and friend Shishupala, and he, unsuspecting by you within the assembly, was killed, you yourself, who are so convinced of your invincibility, will today, with my sharp arrows, be sent to the land of no return provided you have the guts to stand in front of me. The Supreme Lord said, You dullard, boast in vain, not seeing your impending death. Heroes do not prattle, they rather demonstrate their prowess. Having spoken this, the Supreme Lord, infuriated with her frightening power and speed, struck Shalva with his club on the collarbone, 
so that he reeled and had to vomit blood. But when he lifted his club again, Shalva had disappeared, and a moment later a man bowing his head appeared before Krishna, who lamenting spoke the words, Mother Devaki has sent me. Krishna, O Krishna, O mighty armed one so full of love for your parents, your father has been captured and led away by Shalva, like a domestic animal by a butcher being led to the slaughterhouse. Hearing these disturbing words, Krishna, who had assumed the nature of a human being, spoke out of love, disconsolate and with passion, like he was a normal man. How could that petty Shalva abduct my father and defeat Balarama, who is never confounded or defeated by Sura or Asura? Fate indeed is powerful. After Govinda had said this, the master of Sauba approached Krishna like he was leading Vasudeva before him, and then said the following. He here is the one who begot you, and for whom you live in this world. I will kill him straight before your eyes. Save him if you can, you ignoramus. The magician, thus mocking him, cut off the head of the Anaka Dundubi, took the head and climbed in the Sauba vehicle that hovered in the sky. In spite of his full knowledge and great powers of perception, he, out of love for the ones dear to him, for a moment remained absorbed in his normal humanity. But then it dawned on him that Shalva had used a demoniac magic trick designed by Maya Danava. Alerted on the battlefield, as if he awoke from a dream, he saw neither the messenger nor his father's body anywhere. Noticing his enemy sitting in his sauba that moved about in the sky, Achuta prepared to kill him. That is how some sages say it, who do not reason correctly or seer among the kings. They most certainly then contradict the words they once spoke, but have forgotten again. In what way would the lamentation, bewilderment, affection or fear that are born from ignorance belong to the Infinite One in whom one finds the undivided complete of wisdom, spiritual knowledge and opulence. Those who, encouraged by service and self-realization at his feet, dispel the bodily concept of life that bewildered man since time immemorial, attain the eternal glory in a personal relationship with him. So how could there be any bewilderment then with him, the supreme destination of the truthful ones? And while Shalva, with great force, attacked him with torrents of weapons, Lord Krishna, whose prowess never fails, pierced his armor, bow and crest jewel with his arrows and smashed the Sauba vehicle of his enemy with his club. Shattered into thousands of pieces by the club in Krishna's hand, it fell into the water. Shalva thereupon abandoned it, took position and rushed forward with his club in his hands towards Achuta. As he ran toward him, carrying his club, Krishna severed his arm with a bala-cutting arrow. In order to kill Shalva, he next raised his wonderful disc-weapon. Looking like a mountain beneath a rising sun, he shone with a radiation resembling the light at the end of time. The Lord severed the head of that master of great magic with it, complete with earrings and crown, the way Lord Indra, with his thunderbolt, severed Vritrasura's head. From his men then rose a loudly voiced, Alas, alas! After the sinner had fallen, 
and the Saubar fortress was destroyed by the club. Kettle drums sounded in the sky, O king, played by a host of demigods. And then it was Dantafakra who, in order to avenge his friends, furiously ran forward 